Project Sapient is a podcast meant to engage our brothers and sisters in the law enforcement and military communities in conversations that we all know we need to have. All opinions you'll hear are our own, are protected by our First Amendment of the United States Constitution, and in no way reflect or are meant to reflect the opinion of any specific agency, officer, or service member. Some opinions may be controversial. Listener discretion is advised. Enjoy. Enjoying the tune. I was enjoying the tune. Yeah. Hey, you know, we've had a lot of comments about our choice of music. They they love them. We've had people stealing it, too. I know. Hey, they want to do gym mixes like I do now. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, Project Sapient. HavocJournal.com. JimJunkies.com. VectorShield. WellnessForWarriors.live. LiveBoston617.org. EagleEyeFirearmsMA.com, ODKit.com, GunTrack.app, HuleLaw.com. We love you guys. Thank you for making us the number one law enforcement and military podcast on the planet. Whoop. So it kind of went a little like less heavier than I thought, huh? I like it. It's got the heavy and then it's got the sexiness. I want you to hold my hand. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway. Gosh. All right, now that my rage is... Not my rager. Oh, boy. Easy. Oh, boy. Easy. Oh, boy. Speaking of rage... Go for it. You like my shirt? I like it. Join or die! Join or die. Where's that from? Ben Franklin. Ah. I think he posted it in, like, a gazette. Ah. One of the first, like, publications he ever did, because he was, he was like me. He did everything. Mm. Um... And uh, it was like the original colonies, dude. Like yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. New England and all that. Yeah, New Jersey, New York. I see that. All yeah, that yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, it was I basically like, hey, fuckers, get on the boat or you die. Kind of like them. Yeah. <laughs> kind of. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Hey. Hey. Create um, the good old U.S. of A. Yeah. Well, that's the way to do it, I guess. In the <laughs> U.S. Oh, sorry. All right. What do we got, dude? All right. Doing a, an article I wrote back in June Ooh. 18th of 2020. I have read this one. Command presence. I have not read it. Plus situational awareness equals controlled chaos. So people always talk about command presence and policing, blah, blah, blah. I, I'm not yet starting the... Um, the article, but Why are you yelling at me? Uh, all I'm, of a sudden, listen because you're doing things, and listen, I, I, I repetitive behavior is calming to me. Show on your own, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> all right, we're boozing, yeah, we're boozing and cruising. So, command presence that's something day one of the academy, man. That's like the first thing, first thing you look at something you when, look you're, at. when you're training them. Right? Exactly. Command presence. It's day one of the academy, and it stays with us for the rest of our careers. Yes, it does. Especially those that get it. Yes, it does. Some people don't understand what command presence really is, some officers. Don't get excited that I'm bending over. Uh, Go on. Well, I don't get to see any cleavage. So. <laughs> <laughs> Go on. Go on. All right, so... Some officers don't really understand command presence. They think being an asshole is command presence. No. No. God, that, no. That's not command presence. That's you just having a small dick. 
being a, yeah, being an asshole <laughs> is like you're an arrogant prick. Yeah, exactly. I know a few of those. Oh, uh, we know. I'm uh, looking at you. Not you, Iman. I'm looking at you. Go on. Not you. I wasn't talking about you. The invisible tears of pain <laughs> is flowing. But I wasn't talking about face. you. Okay, command presence, plus situation awareness. <sighs> Dear diary, I'm going <laughs> to cut myself. Peter did it. <laughs> I get a lot of that from some of the people that I know. Peter did this. Peter did that. Yeah. Fuck you. Go on. So, so again, officers uh, just, and now uh, I know I'm preaching to the choir with our police listeners. This article was more geared towards uh, the civilian side yeah. who do not seem to understand the difference between command presence and being an asshole. Yep. There's, there's two huge differences. Yeah. It's a vast huge. difference. So command presence refers to when an officer enters a situation and projects authority in a professional sense. That's all it is. Yeah. But it's not projecting authority by being a complete prick where you go in and you're like, hey, fucker. Right. Uh, I've said that at times, but. In, in the right circumstances, it's fine. In the right fine. circumstances, it's fine. And then I get, oh, my God, you swore. <laughs> I was like, oh, I'm sorry. Do you, do you need a little uh, rum, uh, tummy rub? Make you feel better? <laughs> <sighs> get the fuck out of here. Come here, baby. Come yeah, here. Exactly. Do you want a pacifier? Yeah, yeah, boo -boo. Maybe I need to burp you. <laughs> ah, the burp. <laughs> yes. So that's all it is. Command presence exists in many professions. I mean, sales, yes. managers, yep. team leaders, 100%. coaches, athletes, military, and I, I could name doctors. I, I, I could name numerous, numerous uh, professions that command presence is there. How does a car salesman make his sale? Half of it is psychology. It's the psychology of selling himself. Exactly. <laughs> what do you think I'm doing when I walk into a situation? I have no idea what the fuck's going on, but I'm going to get control real quick. Yeah, but you usually walk in and you're like, hi, everybody. I am awesome. Pretty much. And everybody's like, oh, I'm Actually, in here. Actually, I walk in and in here. the cape behind me blows <laughs> yeah, this way. Something's definitely blowing, but anyway. Giggity. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> so here's, here, uh, I give a quick example during uh, in this article. So here's, here's an example. Officer responds to an unruly group of people at a restaurant. The responding officers arrive, attempt to calm the situation. Officers seem to unable to control the rowdy crowd. Suddenly, another officer shows up and immediately takes control. He or she is more aggressive and projects their voice. Go on. And the unruly cra crowd is now compliant. All right. I was going to cut you off, but I was wrong. So keep going. I'm glad. Everyone... <laughs> Uh, date this. I am wrong. July okay. 15th, 2021. Peter was wrong. He admitted it. Yep. That's the last time you're ever going to hear it. I might even edit it the fuck out. Oh, Go on. God. <laughs> <laughs> so I want to present a different concept of command presence. Let's call it situational dominance. Ooh. Ultimately, that's what it is. Yeah. It's situational dominance. It's a step further than command presence. Situational dominance is when a person of authority, police, fireman, soldier, marine, projects themselves in a way that ex excludes command presence and is also situationally aware of everything going on around them. Now, I messed up in these big words because when I type, I'm not talking, so forgive me for a moment while I collect myself. But... Situational dominance, command presence. Yeah. All right, two different things. Situational dominance is when you show up to a call. It is complete mayhem, chaos, multiple people fighting or arguing with each other. They're not listening. It's simple. You dominate. And you dominate. 
establish dominance. I say it all the time, man. Like, even with friends that have problems, let's dominate it. Yeah. That's all it is. Yeah. You go in, and assholes are being assholes, and it's rowdy, and they're not listening to you. Let's end it. Let's end it. That's it. Simple as that. I'll just think. I mean, you get the the little, the the new kid that shows up. Hey, excuse me. Excuse yeah. me, everybody. Excuse me, sir. Excuse, excuse me. me, sir. Then excuse you get me. the vet, angry veteran who walks in and says, everybody, shut the fuck up. Well, he just left his burrito at the fucking station. <laughs> well- Right, I, I get mad when I don't get my lunch. Or that's my what breakfast. I'm saying. I mean, I'm one angry dude. It's fucking hangry. It's it's a hundred percent. Like you just left your food. You yeah. got to pee. You got to fucking I don't know whatever. I don't I don't want any of this bullshit. Yeah. Stop. Yeah, exactly. And I actually say it. I just walked away from my fucking lunch for this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've actually said it. <laughs> and for some reason, angry Iman is very angry. Iman like, smash. Pretty much. Don't send Iman. He'll ruin the restaurant. Go well, on. If I'm not going to eat my lunch, I'm going to eat your soul. Yeah. If I'm not going to eat my lunch, nobody's eating. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You're all punished. Yeah. Give me your pizza. Go on. <laughs> yeah. You walk up to him. <laughs> fucking give me that. There's situational dominance right there. Yeah. Just grab the fucking pizza and eat it. Fucking pepperoni. <laughs> Out of here. You know what? Like, you know, <laughs> these fucking calls where people call about like, my burrito was made wrong and oh. they call 911. I just want to show up and eat their burrito and be like, it tastes fine. I don't know what's wrong with you. You want to buy it? What's wrong with Well, what's that scene in uh, Southland with the ice cream? Oh, does he lick the lady's yeah, fucking ice yeah. cream? <laughs> yeah, right? Want to lick it? Yeah. <laughs> you know? So. How many times do you want to do that? Oh, my God. And and it, it, here's the thing. So, situational dominance is just you get control of the situation right away. Yep. Okay. So... People spend their entire lives honing in these skills to notice things faster than the average person. People as in law enforcement, military, yep. uh, doctors, certain certain professions, we have to hone that skill. This registers even at the up subconscious level. It happens from the moment they enter the room, they are already in control. And for everybody else, now now this is, this is where I'm going to talk more primal. Alpha, alpha um, predators, mm-hmm. when they show up, Everybody fucking knows. Yep. When the lion strolls around in the Serengeti and goes between the uh, the gazelles, oh, they fucking know. He doesn't have to say much. No, he doesn't. <laughs> no, he does not. Well, shut up. Yeah. A lion doesn't have to tell people he's a lion. Exactly. A fucking wolf doesn't have to tell people he's a wolf. Yep. You just know. Right? When I mean, how many times have you... And if you don't know, now you know. Oh, you're going to know right? if you don't know. And, and there are some... Cops that will show up and everybody's quiet because they're just like, oh, fuck. Right. And and it's like they know. <laughs> just that look, right? They know. And and that's something I learned from my partner uh, who's who's retired now. But early on in my career, uh, he's, he's a guy that shows up and it's just like, fuck. Shit falls in line. He, and he doesn't have to do anything, anything else. Just, and he's not like this massively built type guy. He's built, but... It's that command presence, that situational dominance. He shows up, it's done. Not to get all scientific, but there's a science behind auras, dude. Oh, yeah. yeah. You know it. You know it when you deal with, like, a bad guy you know, oh, or yeah. a girl. You know, like, this person exudes fucking a bad aura. This oh, person yeah. exudes a shitty aura, or they're yeah. weak, or they're... you. I mean, you can size somebody up really quickly. Oh, my God, yeah. It, 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 it's so quick that you can do that. And and it's, it's something, it's a skill. Right. Again, it's a skill. It's an art. It's an art. Some cops have it. 
Some cops don't. Yep. Some cops don't care to have it. <laughs> don't care to have it, and they could give a fuck right. and whatever. Uh, you know what? <sighs> Those are the eighty percenters. Yeah, exactly. The twenty percent that it, that truly, truly have that command presence. You can tell. You can tell even when they walk into work into roll call. Everyone knows they're there. Yep. You know that cop or those two cops of that shift that when they're working that night, you know, it's going to be busy. Oh, you know, it's going to be busy. You know, things are going to be taken care of. Like yep. as a supervisor, you know, yeah. you know, I got, I got Johnny on the fucking street tonight. Yeah. Not that I'm not going to be the supervisor, but I got him on the street. Yep. I know he can handle himself. Yeah. He can handle the guys. Exactly. Can, you know, exactly. A leader without stripes, basically. Yeah, exactly. That's all it is. And you don't need stripes to be a leader. That's that's well, how many people with stripes aren't fucking leaders. Uh, I'm the sergeant. Okay, dude. Let's stop stop smelling your own farts. Exactly. <laughs> all right. Exactly. Let's, let's let's stop that. Yeah. <laughs> so, anyway, so uh here's uh, I'm going to give a quick example here of kind of situational awareness, situational dominance type thing uh, where that skill that we develop mm-hmm. from, you know, like for me, from the military on to my law enforcement, for you uh, all through law enforcement, even in sales and, and all the stuff you did before, you brought that over into law enforcement and you saw how it connects easily. So a few years back, I was on vacation uh, with my wife uh, at the island of St. John. It was, Must be nice. Oh, it was nice. <laughs> we sat outside a restaurant and my mind suddenly registered something. Ah. Subconscious. Right? Yep. Just pick something up real quick. The ears, the subconscious ears go up. Yep. I sent her my gaze. A man was walking towards the front of the restaurant. I told my wife, hey, watch this. A drug deal is about to happen. And I didn't even nothing know. Else. Nothing else. Just for some reason. And, s- and that's the thing where. He smelled it, dude. Us as cops. That's where we have a hard time when you want to apply it in court. That's where it gets tough. Because how. It's that hunch. How can, it's that hunch. Exactly. How can you explain it that you seeing a guy walking down the street, you knew a drug deal was about to happen? Just just knowing the walk. Or he had a warrant. Or he had a warrant. Or exactly. Had a well, flap rim hat, neck tattoos, <laughs> equals warrant. I mean, that's that's known. Gold chain. Gold chain. <laughs> I, I just look at him like felony. But how many how many times have you done that? You've been right. I mean, there's been a couple times where I've been wrong. Yeah. But you've been right, and then the person that you're with is like well, how did you know? Yeah. And exactly. you can't really No. Like you're like And, and here's the thing. So no. so so he walks and and you know, I told my wife, watch, you know, drug deals about to happen. Sure enough, seconds later, he met up with another man, exchanged drugs and money. My wife asked, How did I know that was gonna happen? Okay. I told her I just did. Yeah. In this example, situational dominance was already there. I noticed subtle behaviors, both consciously and subconsciously, that triggered my spidey senses, quote unquote, in moments. I assessed for danger and observed what my gut told me was going to happen. Can I tell you a quick story? Yeah. Just reminded me. This was years ago, back in my fucking clubbing days. (laughs) Yeah, I love it. Total techno man. Oh, fuck yeah. House music. This is my song. (laughs) Somebody give me a bottle of water. Yeah, right. Um, yeah, I was never like that. But anyway. <laughs> Ecstasy? <laughs> you know, I've never done a drug in my life, ever. Yo, um, uh, Sucks to be me, right? Go go to the VA. They'll give you a cocktail. No, no. I mean like a recreational drug. Oh, oh okay. Well, they still give you drugs. <laughs> <laughs> Here's some heroin. Yeah, exactly. Um, 
so a long, long time ago, I had just become a cop, maybe three, three to five years on the job. And I was just in the thick of like, started doing like, um, plain clothes and all that shit. Mm -hmm. And I started doing a lot of behavioral training. Mm -hmm. Um, long story short, behavioral training. Yeah. And so I was a little bit more astute into picking up people's behaviors. Yeah. Anyway, I go out, I'm with a group of girls. I used to be the, like their chaperone basically. Mm -hmm. Oh, look at, look at this, this pimp. Is that what you're going with? No, I don't. They made money. They made what? money for themselves. Yeah. They were paying themselves through college. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Anyway, so we go out. We actually Gator don't play that shit. <laughs> <laughs> Will you let me finish my uh, fucking story? All right, go, go, go. Now I'm getting hungry. <laughs> so anyway, we're out. We're getting fucking table service, yes. But anyway, um, and uh, one of the girls is up dancing, whatever this and that. There was a little bit of a dispute over a purse. It was the most mm. asinine, stupidest fucking thing on the planet. Mm. But it was, they started getting fucking mouthy to each other. And I'm like, oh, oh my God. Fuck. I just want to have a drink. So right? mix booze and purses. It fuck. Turns <laughs> you're fucked. Yeah. Right. And now you're mixed booze purses with a group of girls and they're all trying to establish themselves as the fucking queen. You know what? They right. Don't they uh, get on the same cycle if they're together? Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's fucking anger cycles, too. They all love each other, and they're like, bitch. I know. Bitch. But anyway, so they're fighting. Mm -hmm. uh, they're arguing. Mm -hmm. And uh, corner of my eye, I see a dude walk by. Mm. Right? You'll know exactly where this is going. Mm -hmm. I see a dude walk by, and he looks at me. I kind of look at him. And then I look to my left, and I see another dude walking towards mm -hmm. me. And I'm like, oh, fuck. Mm-hmm. So I grab the three that I'm sitting with, not hookers. I grab the three that I'm sitting with. Yeah. And we get up and they're like, where are we going? And I'm like, just hang on to me. Right. So I got three pairs of hands on me, giggity. Mm -hmm. I got three pairs of hands on me and I'm and I'm moving and I'm like in my head, I'll never forget it. I'm in, in my head, I remember thinking, look behind you. Mm. And I look behind me and there was another dude. Mm. So we were getting encircled. Mm. And I grabbed these girls, they left their purses, they left their bag, uh, their clothes, fucking mm. everything. Their clothes were on them. For that amount of time, their clothes were on them. Their jackets, left their jackets. We walked out of the bar. Mm. Dude, three minutes later, cruiser, running inside, a fucking stabbing. Ooh. Right? They ended up not stabbing the person that I was with. Somebody jumped in, and they ended up getting stabbed. Oh, Jesus. And I remember the, the ones that I was with outside, they were like, how do you know? How did you know? And I was like, dude, you just, I felt it. Yeah. I, fe I saw the one guy, saw the other guy, yeah. saw the other guy behind me. It was, it was on. That, that's the thing. You, you just don't know. Yeah. You know, well, you do know, but. But you don't, you can't articulate. You like, can't articulate. Like you're saying to your wife, it's just, yeah. it's stupid, but it's the spidey senses, yeah. right? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> that's the thing. I can't put in an affidavit. Right, right, right. Like, it doesn't compute in the in the in the in the law world. Have in you the seen some world. of these fucking affidavits? Oh, yeah. Well, especially with the new laws, these affidavits are going to be wild. But, um. And I'm not saying wild as in lying affidavit. I'm saying wild as in like justification to go after a serial killer. It's going like, to yeah. be off the charts. So yeah. hang on, society. But anyway. Buckle up. Yeah. Anyway, so my partner, actually, we were just talking offline about him. Me and him, it, it, we were like a dominating duo. It was so fun to work with him, right? We were fair with everyone. We dealt with, but. If we had to go from zero to 100.2 seconds when the situation called for it, we're there. Yep. Just like that. Yep. So 
it reminds me, I mean, one of, one of the things that, that me and him always talk about is this one night we go into this local motel uh, in our city, and it's your usual... You sure you want to admit that? Y- your usual... <laughs> listen, I wasn't there to go buy drugs or... No judgment. All right. Listen, I wasn't going drugs. Listen. I wasn't talking about drugs, but anyway. I, I know what you were talking about, but I'm trying to sway it in a different direction. All right? All right. Anyways, so we're... <laughs> yeah, where's the meth? <laughs> so we were... Conducting a night patrol, local motel, um, and this motel is well-known. Drug dealing, human trafficking, prostitution, disorderly parties. It's just- My type of place. Criminal behavior. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. If you want a friggin', you know, roadhouse type place, go there. It's, <laughs> it's like, it's like, dude. Roadhouse. Know. Oh, yeah, exactly. And and the owners seemed to not care since they were getting paid any, either way. You know, they had, it was, it was like, they, you know, it's one of those that pay by hour and it's like, uh-huh. I don't know what you're talking about. Exactly. I've, I've yeah. never been to one of these establishments. Uh-huh. Sure you haven't. <laughs> so Keep we, going. So we heard banging and, and yelling in uh, one of the motel rooms. Giggity. <laughs> yeah. We took a minute to listen. Again, you assess. Listen, assess to yep. figure out what's going on, especially behind closed doors. Curtains are drawn. You don't know exactly what it is, but you hear banging. And you have enough time. You have enough time. Yeah. So we're, we're listening, and we're like, oh, all right, this is a rowdy party. <laughs> so hotel or somebody is going to call 911, and we're going to deal with it anyways. Yep. So you know what? Bam, bam, bam. Knock on the door. And all we wanted, there was like eight to ten guys. Clearly, they were having, they were there to party. And we were just going to tell them to keep it down. Like, hey, dude, if you're going to party, that's fine. But don't, yeah, keep it down. Relax. So we wouldn't have to come back. Mm. The guys ended up getting rowdy all of a sudden. And I was like, oh, okay, this is going to get done right away. Because they started playing the whole, oh, fuck you, blah, 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 blah. I'm like, "Uh yeah, this is over. I step in the room. And I immediately took control of the situation using dominating words and behavior. I did not have to lay one hand on any of them. Yep. They did not want to go to jail that night, immediately back down, and it was over. My partner and I wished them a good night. Now, you might think, oh, that cop must have been out of control where I was yelling and screaming and blah, 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 losing control. No. In situational dominance, it is not about losing control. It's about the alpha predatory gift that you are born with to take that takes control absolutely that's all it was and that's all i did i I was gonna say earlier it's it's one of those things that it's not you can learn a little bit of it but But a lot of it's very natural it's born yeah it's it's something born but again it's it's not the prick the narcissist prick it's not the asshole it is a certain real warrior mindset trait that's ingrained in you ingrained Right. It's ingrained in us and it's there. And it's 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 something that I'm it, probably never going to leave me. It just is right. ingrained in me, you know. So. And I say it right here. It's not taught in any police academy or boot camp. It is just something you're born with. And some well, something some people are born with. Some use this to gain situational dominance, but most lose control. This profession demands officers maintain control in times of stress and officers must be the order in chaos. <laughs> and that's all it is. Yep. So what ended up being, you know, what I ended up doing, I said, listen, enough's enough. I was like, I am going to lock every fucking one of you yeah. up. Like 
I'm going to lock you right the fuck up. <laughs> they knew you meant it. And I said, I will get the fucking patrol wagon. I don't care if it's 10 of you. You will all go to jail. Yep. One kid smiled, like gave me a fucking, you know, that. that You're bullshit. first. That's what I did. <laughs> and, and, my, and my partner, every time he sees me, because this is what I said. I was like, you, Smiley, come here. Yep. And, and my partner, like every time he comes to the station, you know, because he's retiring, he'll come to do a couple details here and there. And he'll, he'll shout down the hall, hey, hey Smiley. Smiley. I'm like, hey, what's up, Johnny? So, so How many cops just heard that story and were like, he's going first? Yeah, oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh, he, he was the first one to go. And as soon as, even, even before then, as soon as that even happened, they were all like, I'm so sorry, we're done. We are leaving for the night. I did not know this was, you know, gonna be an issue. I'm I'm I am really sorry. There's and, always one. And there well, the one, that's it. I mean, there's always one, right? Even that one though, I let him go. Yeah. Right? Because you know what? Situational dominance. I'm establishing dominance. You ruined their high, man. Whatever, <laughs> dude. I dude. It was towards the end of the night, and I didn't want to come back at fucking twelve midnight. Exactly. Let the midnight shifters deal with it. Fuck you. But actually, <laughs> here's the better part of this story. So it was after mid after midnight. Myself and my partner, we were in the, in the locker room, giggity, and we were getting changed, and then we hear over the radio, um, loud party, loud party at the motel, and we're like, those motherfuckers started up again. Ah. Was it them? No. Oh. They left and even uh, didn't even fight over the security deposit or anything. They just left for the night. It was girls that was meeting these guys down there. It was the girls that were now making noise. And uh, one of the midnight guys, uh, you know, we called them and we we're like, hey, is that that fucking asshole? He's like, no, nah, dude, it's a bunch of hot chicks. <laughs> I'm like, oh, you you. Assholes. I would have come back to investigate yeah, that. I know, right? <laughs> and I was like, of course it was. Of course we deal with the fucking assholes. The, dude, the sausage dude, fest. The sausage fest, and they get all the pretty girls that showed uh, up. So so it's like, you know, so so it was, that was like the funny ending You to probably that did a lot of those girls a favor, but anyway. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Well, I did that whole shift a favor because it's like, nah, I wasn't having any of it. Right. You know, so uh, here's another one. Years ago, uh, we received a 911 call for a grandfather whose grandson ran off Oof. on him. And this kid was autistic. So we were like, you know, and it was it was at a massive reservoir, yeah. water, and it was like really bad. Our concerns were raised even more since he was uh, autistic children uh, gravitate towards, towards water. water. Yeah. I mean, that's my son. Uh, he's autistic, uh, high functioning, loves water, yeah. loves it. But... It, so, so the danger was even more, right? Multiple units. We called an air wing, canines. We called everybody, like, hey, because it was a massive plot of land and a massive reservoir. It it required a massive response. Absolutely, and we had the perimeter set up right away, and it was like you know everyone. So it got to the point where I was worried the grandfather was going to have a heart attack because he kept yelling the grandson's name, you know, and I felt terrible, and mm. I grabbed him by the arm. And I had him face me. I said, listen, stay with me. We are going to find him. Believe me, we are going to find him. The reason why I knew right away we were going to find him is because he called us right away. He didn't wait 20 minutes and Brilliant. then call us. Brilliant. Right away when he lost control of his son and he couldn't, you know, he took off and lost sight of him, called us right away. I tell people all the time, and it's not just for that stuff. It's easier to call and have us start coming out. Yeah. And cancel us. Yeah. I mean, we'll probably still come out, yeah. but 
the sooner the better. Don't oh, hesitate. Absolutely. Call 911. You're not going to be charged with false 911. No, because fucking, you had a legit emergency, yeah. but it got taken care of right away, and then you can cancel it. That's right. Why one officer or two might show up and make sure everything's good to go, and that's it. Then you're done. But, um, you know, I, here's the thing. Because, again, I said it right in the paragraph. I knew it because the grandfather immediately res- uh, notified uh, first responders. Mm-hmm. There are cases which parents, family members, took way too long to call for help. The longer the delay, the less likely of a positive outcome. The first units arrived in under two minutes. The <laughs> chance of finding his grandson doubled and tripled due to that fast response. Absolutely. We ended up finding him in a few minutes. Uh, he ended up uh, trying to climb 95. We had the perimeter set up along 95, and uh, we had state police out there with us. And he was climbing the guardrail no to get on 95 to run across. Uh, but again, really important to have that perimeter, right? Um, and, and, you know, when we found him, I, I heard one of my colleagues call in that they found him. I had the grandfather listen to the radio. I had the radio loud. I purposely had him listen to it. You know, he shook my hand, thanked me for remaining with him. He said, you knew they were going to find him. I, I remember that. He yeah. said, he said, you knew it right away. And I said, yes. And, and, you know, I, as much as I wanted to join on the search to really help. You needed to be there for grandpa. I needed to be there for grandpa because he was blaming himself a lot. Because he knew, you know, of his age, he wouldn't be able to keep up with the grandson. But, like, I, I get it. it, it you know, like, I, I worry sometimes with my son with when son, he goes right. with my grandparents, you know, with his grandparents, uh, with my in-laws. Um, Grandpa's very, he's he's like 72, 73 years old. He's very slow. Right. And it, you know, it, I get it. I get the concerns. And, and the concerns are even more with autism and certain special needs with children. So... It was very crucial for him. I mean, the, the biggest save for his grandson to this day, I still say, is because he called nine one one right away. Absolutely, right away. What is it? Every two, every twenty minutes you wait, it decreases by like twenty. No, not twenty percent. It's like ten percent every twenty minutes or something like it, that. It, it grows. The the initial like that's, that's what I mean. It yeah, gets tougher. It, it gets tougher. So yeah. so the initial response, whatever it is. It gets, you know, all right, 10% less likely. And then it goes half hour. Oh, now you're at a 50-50 chance of a right, positive yeah, outcome. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Like it really skyrockets. And that's the thing with missing children in the woods. It is extremely, 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 extremely important to call us right away. Immediately. Immediately. Even, not even just in the woods, anywhere. Anywhere, yeah, exactly. I'm just saying like for this for this type of response, um, the grandfather did great. He he called us right away and it, it took, Again, it took a few minutes to actually find the kid. Yeah. Right? It took a few minutes to find him, and and we had it locked down. So we actually even called in. Uh, we activated uh, mutual aid response where even the search and rescue teams come out. Yep. Like, we we were ready to even all out the divers, the swimmers. <sighs> like, we called in everybody. This is what the function is of the police, man. Yeah. I mean, like, that. the, the last episode that we did, the order in chaos. Yeah. I mean, this isn't chaos, but you're maintaining order. Quality, quality of life, all those first responder emergency services, well, this is what it is. Exactly. These these search and rescue guys do the grids, grid searches. Yeah. They're very good at what they do. They're methodical. They they do the right, you know, so the initial response with patrol and then other assets start coming in. Let me ask you a question. Did the, yeah. did the, was it a little boy? Yes. Did the boy know that he was lost? No. He didn't know? No. He was just kind of in his own... My son gets that way. Okay. Um, when he's in his own head... 
he's oblivious to everything. Okay, that's what I mean. And like, and there will be at times, but again, my son is a little high, more high functioning. He'll snap out of it real quick and look around and make sure we're still around. Oh, really? But he, when he gets in his head, he's gone. So when did this kid realize, like, when he was climbing the guardrail and a trooper grabbed him or something? Yeah, or? yeah. And and even then, uh, I don't think the kid had any idea that he what did what he did, on. what was going on, what he did was. Not wrong, but what he did was <laughs> not right. Yeah, not right. Right, uh, causing his grandfather to have a heart attack. So, uh, next day, actually, the next day was really nice. They, uh, the grandfather, got us a cake. Yeah, the PD, thank you for all you, you know, yeah, all you man. did, all that stuff. And and even um, what I did as a as a further follow up with my partner, we got them. Um, what's that sheriff's department program for um, the missing children? Uh, they they put like a low jack transponder on, on the kids. Really? Yeah. It's, it's some program by the sheriffs. I forget what exactly it's called. Uh, but it's some sort of uh, GPS device that the sheriff department supplies to special needs kids. No kidding. And they wear it like as a watch or, or something. Okay. And what we do when the child goes missing is literally we have a radar in front of us. We type in yeah. a specific code. So it's like a low that. jack. Yeah, it's like a low jack. So essentially you're low jacking your kid. It's it's emitting a fucking yeah. uh, pulse. Which, and... which I did with, with my kid. Yeah. You know, I, he has, you know, he's at camp, it's in the woods, there's water, there's all kinds of things. Yeah, I trust the counselors, but you know what? I have something that I'm going to show you when we're done recording that you might like for him. Okay. Anyway. Okay. So, so it's, it's, uh, so it's, it's, it's these type, again, for me, it's all about doubling the chance of survival, right? You have, we have certain things, certain technologies, um, in, in the U S that help us do our jobs better. And what grandfather did really helped us do our job better because it was right away. No delay. We showed up situational dominance situational awareness we right away dominated the entire scene and hundreds of acres i think you're forgetting you dominated the old man too yes well yeah well why because if you didn't dominate him and thinking as a father i was fucking freaking out just reading this yeah right as a grandfather his heart rate was through the roof oh yeah if you didn't bring him down a little bit it would have made your job tougher you oh would yeah have been able to get descriptions fucking no, so, so, you know exactly, what i mean exactly exactly i was able to get you know, new picture, fresh picture, yeah. right? Pages it out to all the guys. And like, that's part of the command presence. Exactly. And, and dominance. again, me grabbing his arm, listen, stay with me. We are going to find him. Like I looked at him straight in the eyes. Cause yeah. I, here's the thing. I, again, I needed to reassure him that, listen, trust us to do our job. Yep. We're going to find him. One of the things, uh, touching people in uh, all the behavioral schools that I've done, uh, touching people tends to be, and you have to do it a very specific way. Otherwise yes, exactly. it's, it's bad. Um, I did it the other night. I, I might even be able to show that to you. I did it the other night. It, it was a, it was a child that was not a child. I mean, 16 years old, I guess a child. Um, legit. The other officer, every time would open his mouth, the kid was fuck you. Mm. And the officer wasn't doing anything wrong. Yeah. It's not that he had bad command presence or anything like that. It was just, yeah. this was this kid's mindset. And I found an opportunity to slide in there. And I literally, I just, I went up to him and I gave him one of my little secret taps and it based him out. Mm. So don't be scared to do that, guys. Just don't like, you know, like Iman said, he grabbed the guy's arm, yeah. brought him in, but you kind of probably felt that that's what he needed. Too. Well, that's what he needed because, it, and grabbed as in, I grabbed his forearm, right. grabbed the forearm and right. pulled him closer to me. And it was that connection, Use that all human, these human, yeah, human to human connection that caused him to look at me. Here's the thing with my son, right? 
when he gets in his head and he's doing his thing, whatever, the only way I can get to him is I got to grab him. Yep. Grab his arm. He'll look at me. Like he snaps out of it. I'm like, hey, dude, do you want to eat? The you power know, like, of touch, my friend. You know, and and here's the thing. Uh, humans, you know, the, the, the touching and all that, again, depends on how you go grab. If you grab somebody aggressively, yeah, you know what? You're going to get into a fight. You're, well, you're also uh, going to freak them out even yeah, more. Exactly. And, and people, kids with special needs, if you are that aggressive to them, they will fight. Actually, um, I'm going to do a quick shout out to my guys, actually. Recently, um, with my unit, um, guys, uh, so patrol was busy. Autistic 16-year-old ran out of the school. They oh. couldn't find him. Like, it was, it was, it was, he, he's severely nonverbal autistic. Um, and he is a kid that is known to actually one of my guys um, because he sees him every day. Um, he runs everywhere. That's the way this kid is. He just runs. Just runs. Yeah, just runs everywhere. Whether okay. he's going upstairs into his apartment, he's running. He's running. That's just the way he is. It's 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 just, it's actually kind of funny because he just runs everywhere. I'm yeah, like, yeah. All right. His favorite restaurant to go to is McDonald's, and we get a call. So all the patrol guys are out doing perimeter, doing the searches, all that stuff. Mutual aid's on its way. We need to find this kid right away because, again, timing is of the essence mm -hmm. to find. And it was raining that day, and it was it was, it was was just bad bad all around. Yeah. <clears throat> so we get a uh, phone call from McDonald's saying, hey, there's this kid right here. I think that's the one you're looking for. It's from It was from the fire department. They were out there getting their food and just so happened. He was there. He, but they didn't know it was him. They oh. said, I think this is the kid you're looking for. <laughs> So my guys were the only wow. ones available. I, I, I talked to the uh, uh, to the um, shift commander. I said, hey, my guys, I can send my guys to McDonald's while you guys do the search um, to just to confirm or deny that's the kid. And he said, yeah, that'd be awesome. Sent my guys. It was the kid. They oh, confirmed sure. right away. Here's the thing about the touching and all that. The Sparkies were struggling with the kid because they were trying to get his blood pressure. Kid doesn't want to be touched. Yeah. So they're fighting with him. And one thing that surprised me, like we were all talking, like, did, don't they get more training with autism and like, you know, medical and they all don't. that? They don't. So, and one of my guys, uh, seeing that right away, uh, seeing him struggle, like, hey, hey, guys, yeah, like, you know, stop, stop. Clearly, he doesn't like that blood pressure machine. Take it off him. He goes right up to the... But we got to take his blood pressure. He, he goes right up to the counter at McDonald's because since they know him, hey, what does he get every day here? Yep, yep, yep. 12 yep. piece chicken nuggets, large fries, and a Coke. Got your food, buddy. Order it. Come here. Ordered it. Bam. Sat down. The kid, happy. Calm. Collected. We found the parents. Parents came, picked him up, took him home. Point is, though, the touching, right? Very important to, again, know your people. Yep. Know, know who you're dealing with. Right, certain people with special needs you don't touch. Clearly, this kid, nonverbal autistic, does not like to be touched. And you put a foreign object like a blood pressure cuff, he's gonna freak the fuck out. Dude, I'll freak the fuck out. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, here's you the thing. I mean? You know, and and he's a big sixteen year old. Yeah. Right. He's he's not small. Um. And and it, it was like the struggle was not needed. Like, hey guys, get get the fuck off him. Like, there's no need. You know, and, and it shows though, again, but that's a different way of situational dominance, command presence. You show up and you're like, Oh, stop. Yep. You but, know, you know what? That's your role. Yeah. I mean, that's your role. And that's what a lot of these guys, a lot of, uh, a lot of these officers, you need to, again, back into the ordering chaos, provide 
order to the chaos. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> controlled chaos. Exactly. Like you just said, controlled chaos. Yeah. It's it's one of those things, man, where look, policing, I think, is it's an art. Yeah. Right? It's, it's a, a it's, it's a, a craft. It's a trade craft. It's a craft. Yeah. And it's one of those things where it's perishable also. Like I found I, I was out injured for eight months one time. Mm-hmm. Uh really bad injury. And not that I had forgotten to be a cop. But there were certain things where, like, dealing with people was coming a little bit harder. Uh, when I when I transitioned from um, from special ops back to patrol, I was a completely different person in my my gun truck than I was in my patrol vehicle at two o'clock in the morning in this part of the city. Oh, uh, plainclothes narcotics. Right, you're completely fucking different now. Now that I'm back in in the mix, so so to speak, with my plainclothes unit right. and really dealing with a lot of people versus only the asshole right. drug dealers. It's totally different. It's totally different. So I had to, same like you, it's a trade craft. So my trade craft for years was narcotics, undercover, plainclothes, kicking indoors, doing all this aggressive yeah. shit to now, all right, I need to shift mindset because now I'm also dealing with normal people. And I'm still dealing with the assholes though because we still do what we do. But at the same time, I got to deal with normal people. And at the same time, like your command presence, your situational awareness, your command dominance isn't going to be the same every time. No, no. It's going to change. And that's where that's where the craft part comes into it. Exactly. Right? You need to recognize, yep. see who it is. Because like, okay, it could be a group of fucking 60-year-olds or 70-year-olds arguing. Yeah. Are you going to approach them the same way that you approach the kids at the whole oh, time? No, 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 no. So that's what a lot of, and I've seen that. I'm not dogging guys. Yeah. But I've seen that they're very monotonous, very mm-hmm. robotic. They respond only a certain way. Mm-hmm. They repeat themselves, which people hate hearing people fucking repeat themselves. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And it's like, slow it down. Yeah. C- control the chaos. Yeah. Slow it down. Adapt and adjust. Yeah. And, and overcome the situation. Well, an- another example of situational dominance of me and my partner, uh, because we're awesome. We, uh, that's the first time I've heard you say somebody else is awesome. <laughs> so Mark that down guys, we, we get a, uh, we get a call from uh, a neighborhood saying that, Hey, that seems to be a very large party in the woods behind us. So later on, we find out that this high school kind of this couple of high school students kind of secretly planned this party out in the woods. And it was actually, I was impressed. It was organized because there were chem lights pointing the way. No shit. I was like, I was like, you know what? Cool. Good for them. Like, you know, this was after the fact. I'm like, hey, who put up all these chem lights? Good job. And, and one of the kids was like, oh, uh, I did. Just so I'm like, you know what? That I, I like it. Good job, dude. You, you also were safe. Everyone could see the floor and know where they're going. Good, good for you. So anyway, so. Uh, before we, we, we get there, right, we're listening. Again, listening, kind of, okay, we hear the music over there. Yep, let's go that way. And the kids were smart. N- noise, uh, not so much light. Right? Okay. A lot of chem lights around, so they didn't want to attract, they didn't want flashlights to attract a lot of people. Smart. Again, very smart, well, well thought out. They didn't think about the neighborhood, though. <laughs> so we got there, and I'm walking around. Now, I'm, now this is, we're in plain clothes, right? Um, Clearly, you look like a 16-year-old. But it was exactly, it was dark, right? So they couldn't, they, you know, no one could tell who we are, but we're walking. So we're sizing up the, what we have. All right, let's take a look around. So we did a quick, you know, 360 kind of just seeing everything. Mm -hmm. And then once I was ready, yelled out, please, everybody. Boom. (laughs) Well, well, here's the thing. They, (laughs) as soon as I yelled that out, 
Some ran, which I expected. I wasn't going to chase anybody. <laughs> That's no. Most stayed. Huh. We lined them up in columns of two and led them out of the woods to call their parents to pick them up. Hmm. Here's what I picked up. When I was walking them out, one of the kids calling another one of their friends, dude, like 24 cops show up. They're all around us. Blah, 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 blah. And all I was doing was really walking around announcing police, 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 police. You dominated that so much that he thought there were 20 fucking cops. Yeah. It was, it was hilarious to me. I, I could see it. I mean, I didn't say anything, but yeah. I, I chuckled and my partner had a smile. You know, yeah. we were both smiling like. Fucking helicopters, man. I was like, 24 cops. There's only two of us. You know, and we, we corralled. A, the a second group, that you said that. Yeah, a group of 20, 25 kids. You know, and then lined them up, calling them the twos. You know, once the ones that didn't run were like, all right, every single one of you, call them the twos. Let's go. Stand up. You know, I would escort a kid. Yeah, yep. Stand right there. All right. Hey, partner, we're good. Yeah, we're good. Yeah, we're good. Okay, let's go. Then I led. My partner was behind. And they were so dazzled by fucking everything that they had no idea what was going on. But you still maintained control. Yeah. It's amazing, dude. It's amazing what human behavior can do. Here's the thing. Like you said, tradecraft, the study of human behavior. It's almost, you as a cop, as a tradecraft, you need to be um, not expert, but you need to recognize soci- uh, sociology, psychology, yep. anthropology, yep. know cultures, know who you're dealing with, human behavior, criminal behavior. Sometimes people tell me that I'm a chameleon. When I talk to people on the street, like I have accents sometimes and I don't do it to be like a sleazeball or anything. I just, I feel like sometimes people need the connection, I guess. Here's the thing though. Like if, so depending on the population I deal with, I do the same thing, Yeah, but not purposely. Exactly. We are leveling with them. Right. I I never noticed that I'm in until we, we just recently got body cameras. Yeah. And I never noticed that I did that until I'd review my own footage and I'm like, who the fuck is that? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Did, did I just really say that? Yeah. Like, but it's, again, you're, you're looking, I call it the bird's eye of everything, yeah. right? You're yeah. looking at everything. Like you said, the yeah. anthropology of things, the sociology, the psychology, the everything about yeah. everything that's going on. Yeah. Cause you know what? At the end of the day, it's your job. Oh yeah. <laughs> Listen, we all know that certain cops got into profession for the wrong reasons, which is let's work a lot of overtime and do details because that's what my daddy did. And that's what I'm going to do. Yeah. Wrong reason. Yeah. All right. Yes. I Do I do overtime? Sure. It, well, do you know I what? love the overtime? It, sure. It's a fine reason. Don't pretend to be somebody that you're not. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Here's the thing. Like you said, it's funny. Like when, when, when I talk to certain members of the community, depending on who it is, yeah, I change my accent. I change my tone. I may talk a little more, I don't know, street. Right. You know, right, you know right, what I mean? Right. Like. I'm not so proper. Mm-hmm. I let out F-bombs because that's the community I'm in. That's the circle I'm in. My tattoos, they love them because, yeah, I'm tatted up. Yeah, I'm a tatted up cop that swears. Fuck <laughs> it. Yeah. But that won't work in some of the other no. neighborhoods. So, so in some other neighborhoods, I drop that whole act mm-hmm. um, and I become more of the cookie cutter cop. Yes, sir. No, sir. Yeah. Right. Well, we will do this and we will do this, which I hate, but- Sometimes I do it. it. It's it's acting. It's almost like acting. It's You're a craft. Acting. It's a craft. Exactly. How are some cops able to cultivate CIs like that? Like that. Yeah, and was, others yeah. aren't. Uh, others can't. Yep. 
there there are cops that I've I've gone to 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 kind of cultivate informants. Good luck. They don't know how to talk to people. And I'm just like, dude, I'm like, listen, drop the badge and be one of them. Be one of them. Be exactly. one of the guys. Like it was- understand their struggle so they can help you. But even then, even even with the worst of the worst. Yeah. Like when you're investigating the worst of the worst, people say, you know, you don't want to look into the monster's eyes because you become the monster. Become the monster. Well, just keep your fucking short, your sword sheathed. Yeah. You know what I mean? Get into the mindset. Absolutely. If you sit down and you talk to, think of the worst criminal. I'm not going to ask you who it is, but think of the worst person that you've ever dealt with. Yeah. I'm already thinking about him. You're thinking about him. And I can guarantee you and tell me if I'm wrong, thinking about the interviews and the investigation and all that stuff. You were a completely different person or you you had to change things. Oh, absolutely. With, with, here's the thing, true predatory assholes, right? Evil, evil fucks. Your mindset needs to be at a whole different level. Right. Even when you have them in the hot seat, which for those who don't know what the hot seat is, that's the interview box. When you have them sitting there and they are crafty themselves on how they answer you. Oh, yeah. It is a game of chess in that room. That's the other thing you guys got to remember, right? To the civilians listening to this, as crafty as we can get, we're a step behind. Yeah. Like, the criminal element knows what we're doing, how we're doing it. They know some of, like, the behavioral training that I've had. They know better than I do. Yeah. Like, think about it with the military and overseas and all that stuff. Oh, yeah, no, the insurgents watch us learning our, our, what they'll do is they'll purposely, let's say, set off a small IED. Right. Just to watch how we respond, and then they get us the next time a different way. Not only that, but I'm sure you know some of them. Ask, like, intelligence officers and interrogators and all that stuff Mm -hmm. about how many times, you know, Jihad Joe would pretend to be somebody that he wasn't. And you'd have to bring in somebody to break them. Yeah. Right. Yeah. No, I mean, uh, that's the thing as, as an investigator, as a, as a, as, as an interviewer, as, as an, well, not so much, well, we'll call it interrogation. Mm-hmm. It's a craft. hundred percent. I mean, I'm not going to give away all the ins and outs. Give away it, fucking anything. But it's a craft and it's, it's again, it's like, again, with, with the real predatory people, you have individuals that. We will, they will try to stump you as much as you trying to stump them. And to me, it's somewhat fun. It is fun. Because to me, it's like a game of chess. It's like the game of the minds, right? Yep. It's at times this job, most times this job isn't about the physical. It's about the mental. Absolutely. The mental game, how you're able to cultivate CIs, how you as a patrol officer are able to cultivate CIs without being a drug cop or whatever kind of cop where you have people in the community that will call you as a patrol officer to give you a heads up. You know, it just, you know, this, I know this, I want to get it out to people. Being a cop is probably, I can't think of any other profession is the only profession where you have to be the role holistically. Yes. Whole body. Meaning your head needs to be in the game. Yes. Your, your tactics need to be there. Your shooting needs to be there. Your physical, everything, everything. Like it's a whole body experience. Exactly. What job do you have? No dog to firefighters. Do firefighters have to be that way? No, they, they do their job very well. Yeah. They don't have to deal with people. Yeah. EMS, they don't have to deal with people. You're dealing with everything from medical to fires. I've ran into fires. Yeah. You're dealing with criminals, the worst of the worst. You're dealing with lost kids. 
like it just occurred to me. I mean, obviously I've been that type of cop, right? Yeah. But it just occurred to me that you have to shot you have to sharpen your craft holistically. Absolutely. From your appearance and your uniform. Yep. Like we've said it so many times in the past when you know Officer Slob shows up. Uniforms out, shirts oh, yeah, down, yeah. fucking pant leg is up. Yep. Like, Looking like a bag of shit. Right. Yeah. Shit bag is going to be like, look at this motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> they size you up as much as you size exactly. them up. And, 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 and here's the thing, like, it just reminded me, like, how many times have you heard from certain bad people, whatever, bad guys, that say, I didn't fight you because you look like you can do, you can handle yourself. <laughs> and your part, your partner that showed up. I'm well, not I fucking with knocked, this guy. I could, I could knock him out. Yeah, like, yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, like I've, I've had that, like, uh, you know, as, as plain clothes, whatever, I'll, I'll talk to my CIs or whoever and uh, they'll tell me right away. I'm like, oh dude, I'm in, I know I can't fuck with you, dude. As soon as you show up, it's like, nah, I'm in here. Fucking shit's going to get done versus Johnny cookie cutter cop over here who doesn't have the, the right command presence. He's more of an asshole. And that bad guy knows he can knock him out right away. I, I said it to an arrogant cop a long time ago. You have nothing to prove here. Yeah. Like you're coming out, you're puffing your chest out. It's like, you know, you've watched some of those YouTube videos to, yeah. to, to be more uh, confident. Yeah. And you're projecting it in the street. Yeah. And he was like, what? And I'm like, it's fucking clear. Oh, they can smell it on you a mile away. Like, you're going to be dangerous yeah. really soon. Like, all yeah. of this is showing how insecure you really are. Exactly. So back the fuck out. Exactly. And, you know and, what I mean? And, and that's the thing with, with this. I mean, one of my longest interviews I've ever had uh, was on a child sex predator. Two hours in the hot seat. Shame on you. You're talking. <laughs> you know why I say that. No, I know. You're talking mind games yeah. right that that game of chess again predatory people are very very articulate they're very well spoken and they know what you're looking for and they try to find a way to counter every question that you have but the way i did it for those two hours i got what i needed out of him without him realizing it here's the basics of that they know their story yeah oh yeah they know what they did well because they have They've had the specific MO exactly. for decades. Exactly. And they finally got caught. And they were present. You weren't. You're trying to distinguish and discern what happened. Exactly. exactly. It's, a, it's an amazing job, man. It, it is. And and again, like, like I said, to me, these interviews are awesome because to me, it, again, it's that game of chess. It's that mental game with these guys. I mean, there's certain bad guys. I'll put them in the hot seat. I'll be done in five minutes because they're weak-minded and break. It. they break just like that. Yeah, I mean, all right, here's your statement. Right. Here's your confession statement. Go right ahead. Write it down. You know. So, again, but it is an amazing tradecraft. And, and all you cops out there, keep training. Keep refining. Keep up with case law. Keep up with current law. Keep up with everything. Because it's it, it, your life depends on it, your career depends on it, your fellow officers depend on it, and your family depends on it. On yeah, top man. of that, the yep. biggest thing. Yeah. So I mean, that's my and you don't, uh, you don't, soapbox. Yeah. <laughs> no, but you you're know? right. The other thing is, you don't have to be perfect. No. You know what I mean? Sometimes the, your imperfections even help you. Exactly. But you don't have to be perfect. It's whole body. It's be holistic. Be a human. Be a human. Be, be sapient. Be sapient. That's it. <laughs> it's, it's that simple. Go to training once in a while. Go to shooting once in a while. Check your uniforms once in a while. You know, I've seen, yeah. a, I've seen a guy, not at my district. I love everybody at my district. I've seen a guy at another district that's had the same stain on his fucking shirt yeah. for the last three months. Like I have two uniforms 
dry cleaned every week. Every week, <laughs> yeah, and That's you're not it. even in uniform I'm not anymore. In uniform, but they're there. <laughs> they, they are there. <laughs> oh man! Hey, good episode, man. Command presence plus situational awareness equals controlled chaos. Yeah, love it, guys. We want to thank everybody for listening. We want to thank people. We want to thank our supporters. HavocJournal.com, Gym Junkies, Vector Shield, WellnessForWarriors.Live, LiveBoston617.org, Eagle Eye Firearms MA, ODKit.com, GunTrack.app, Hule-Law.com. Listen, we love you guys. Thank you for making us the number one military and law enforcement podcast on the planet. Awesome, right? I love it. Stay safe. Stay safe, Ian. 